it's not your fault that that happened, but it is now your responsibility to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And I think too many people in today's society are hiding behind the fact that mummy was an alcoholic and granddad was an alcoholic and granddad's granddad was an alcoholic. First of all, this word alcoholic gets branded about far too easily, in my opinion. Hi, I'm Neil Spinya, and you're listening to the B2B Leadership Podcast, a show dedicated to demystifying leadership development one conversation at a time. Each week, I sit down with leaders in the B2B space to discuss their journey and what they've learned along the way. This podcast is brought to you by the B2B Leaders Academy. The cost of not consistently developing your leadership skills is enormous, and the B2B Leaders Academy features monthly leadership training and live coaching. Being a great leader isn't hard, you just need a guide and the right set of tools. So head on over to b2bleadersacademy.com to join and become the leader you have always wanted to be. Hello and welcome to another episode of the B2B Leadership Podcast. My name is Nils Vinya and today my guest is James Swanwick. James, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Neil. It's great to be here. I'm super excited about this conversation. You and I got to know each other a little while ago, and everything centers around, in your life, an alcohol-free lifestyle. And you are the founder and CEO of alcoholfreelifestyle.com, and would love to hear a little bit of background first on what alcohol-free lifestyle is for our audience, and then I'm going to get into the backstory of how you got to this place, and I'll share my personal story of how I got to know you and all the good stuff, too. Well, Alcohol-Free Lifestyle is an organization that helps mostly high performers that might be entrepreneurs or executives, folks who are working professionals in middle management, to either reduce or completely stop drinking alcohol. Alcohol really is a performance crusher in the sense that it holds you back. We get stuck in procrastination. We're foggy. We're irritable. We're distracted. And what we found is that the clients that we help to either reduce or stop drinking entirely, at least professionally, they go on to have incredible professional success or improvements. And that shows up in getting promotion at work or making more money or doing an extra deal. Because when you live an alcohol-free lifestyle, you generate clarity and focus and energy, all those things that lead to optimal performance. My story is I'm an Australian-American. I was a socially acceptable drinker up until my mid-30s, in that I probably had two drinks a night, most nights of the week, at the end of a day, just to what I thought was to reduce my stress and anxiety. I got to about age 35, and I realized that that nightly habit of two, sometimes three drinks a night, was leaving me irritable, foggy, compromising my sleep. I put on some weight, and I was just feeling blah, you know, like a six out of 10, six and a half out of 10. I wasn't sleeping great. I wasn't doing well professionally. I wasn't rock bottom either. I wasn't getting arrested or doing anything too crazy. I was just a socially acceptable drinker, but I realized it was holding me back in my health, my wealth, my love, and my happiness. And so I stopped drinking, figured out how to stay stopped and haven't drunk in 13 years. And now I've created this organization that helps 
mostly entrepreneurs, executives, middle managers, top professionals, investors, to rewire their mindset around alcohol and live an alcohol-free lifestyle. Wow, that's just an incredibly inspiring story and one that I can 100% relate to because I I do like the term you use, socially acceptable drinker. And my schedule for a lot of years was nearly identical to what you just described, right? Two drinks was like, I know I got this. Three, if I hit three, I knew it was going to feel a little bit more the next day, but my body had grown accustomed over many, many years to actually just being able to consume two and then still, quote unquote, feel okay the next day. It wasn't an extra piece on that. And that's the interesting part because in the professional world that we operate in, it's socially acceptable. It's the thing that's at the center point of every gathering, every event, every conference, every happy hour. It's all centered around alcohol. First up, let me ask you before a piece of advice in terms of somebody sitting there saying, okay, yeah, maybe that's interesting. I might explore this a little bit, but what do I do in a social setting when it's socially acceptable that everybody is drinking and that's what I've done before? Why, one, how would I even begin to think about approaching that situation differently? Yeah, well, the first thing is understanding and accepting and celebrating the fact that you can have as much and probably in most cases more fun being completely alcohol-free than you can drinking any amount of alcohol at those events. And people don't really understand that because cultural conditioning has us believe that you must drink this attractively packaged poison in order to network, in order to have the end of the week drinks, in order to have fun, in order to bond, in order to joke around and smile. The impression, the mistaken belief that most people in society have is that if they're not drinking alcohol, that they'll be dull or they'll be a killjoy or Mm -hmm. they won't in or that they'll have to cower away from society, that they'll have to retreat from social functions. The opposite is true. The opposite is you run towards social functions where there is alcohol and where there are many people drinking alcohol and you just choose to be alcohol-free and you're more present and you're more clear and you're more fun and you get more deals done, certainly if you're in business, because you've got that clarity and that focus. I mean, I used to go to Hollywood Hills hedonistic parties with open bars and I did it before I stopped drinking and after I stopped drinking and I had so much more fun when I wasn't drinking. I went to the Mm. Playboy Mansion pre-2010 and drank copious amounts of alcohol with Hugh Hefner and various other Hollywood celebrities and had a fun time. And then I went back years later when I was alcohol-free and drank soda water ice and a piece of lime and had an even more fun time. So just for professionals going to work functions, business functions, social functions, just understanding the concept that you can have more fun being alcohol-free is the first step. That was wonderful and, and incredible story and perfect on the Playboy Mansion. You went in two different modes, full-on party alcohol mode and full-on opposite. And the opposite was actually more fun. So a little while ago, I shared on social media and to my email subscriber list, my personal journey over the last year. And I cut down my alcohol consumption by 99%. And I shared this story with you. And at the time you were running the program, in conjunction with two major universities doing a study on your program 
taking it to a whole other level. And what I found from posting that and sharing that, again, like on publicly, I had never talked about alcohol ever in my entire professional career or even in my life. I never even talked about it. Sure, it was there in some Facebook and Instagram related pictures and things, but it was never a topic of discussion. And I felt it was really important to share my progress. And it was purely for my own benefit. I don't pass judgment on anybody with regards to where they are in their relationship with alcohol. But what I found was this incredible outpouring of support from people that I knew professionally and even those that I knew personally, of course, in sharing stories that I never would have guessed actually were going on with them. And this gets back to the, you never truly know where someone else is coming from. So by sharing my story of completely almost eliminating alcohol entirely over the course of a year, and then hearing these stories of other people who were telling me what happened with them and what their relationship and how long they've been alcohol-free and what it has done, It was like a whole other layer of relationship and just society that I never even knew was there because nobody ever talks about it. And I'm curious for your experience taking so many professionals through your program, what has your experience been on the other side? Like sometimes there's a fear of, will I not be accepted in the same way? Or will people look at me differently? And what have you found to be the resounding outcome of when people go through this your program and become alcohol-free? Like, what's the response that the vast majority of them experience? Well, it's an irrational fear that most people have that they're going to be somehow ostracized from society if they admit that they're not drinking alcohol. I get why we have that feeling, because if we go back to cavemen and cavewomen time, if you were ostracized from a group, if you were kicked out of a social tribe, then that meant certain death. Because the bear would get you or the wolf would get you or an opposing tribe would kill you. And so if you were isolated and on your own back in those days, in ancestral times, that was certain death. But we now live in the year 2023. And if you're ostracized from a group today, then you can just join another group. The ramifications of being kicked out of a group are just so inconsequential these days. Instinctively, I understand the fear However, the reality is that nobody really cares that you're not drinking. Nobody cares because everyone's worried about themselves. And the only time that someone might care about the fact that you're not drinking is probably because you are portraying to them that not drinking is hard and tough and it's not fun. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people, like when their friends say, what, you're not drinking? And they go, oh, yeah, no, I'm not. I want to, but I can't. i got to stop. And so all of a sudden, you're unconsciously and consciously displaying with your body language and your tonality that under normal circumstances, you would choose to consume this attractively packaged yeah. poison, but you can't because it's bad for you. I wish I could, but I can't. And then, of course... The people that you're with, they care that you're not drinking because now you're not fun. You're not fun to be around. You don't look like you're having fun because you're not drinking. It looks like you're white knuckling. It looks like you're trying really hard. You wish you could drink, but you can't. I wouldn't want to be around that person either. What we coach through our 90-day process is we coach entrepreneurs and executives and middle managers and top professionals and investors how to display a carefree attitude about the fact Mm. that they're not So they can go into any social situation where there is copious amounts of alcohol and they can just be like, yeah, I'm having fun and how are you doing? And you can confidently share with someone, hey, I'm not drinking. 
And you experienced that, Niels. I mean, you bravely posted on your LinkedIn profile about the fact that you had stopped drinking. And I'm sure there was probably an element of like, ooh, am I really going to put this out there? Because maybe people are going to think that I'm an alcoholic or that I've got a problem. So you experienced- It crossed my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Cross your mind. You experienced that fear. And then what actually happened, Niels? What actually happened was all these people came out of the woodwork and go, wow, that's amazing. I've been thinking about cutting back myself. Or someone said, I've already stopped and it's incredible. And there's this outpouring of support and not in a, oh, that's nice, Niels kind of way. Not in a cute little, oh, Niels, oh, he drank too much, isn't he? He's the one with the problem, you know. Not in that way. In a like, wow, this is amazing. I get to live this alcohol-free lifestyle too and feel great about it and put it out there. This ridiculous notion that we should feel shame or embarrassment about sharing that we're living an alcohol-free lifestyle, it's preposterous. And I think you have experienced that now where you've seen the positive impact and the confidence now that you can feel sharing this publicly And maybe that is illustrated to you and to others that we don't need to feel embarrassment or shame or worry that other people think that we're alcoholics or we've got a drinking problem. Isn't it crazy, Niels, that alcohol is the only drug where if you stop consuming it, you have to justify why? It's fascinating. It's also the thing that can be used in any situation. Let me give you an example. Hey, I had a wonderful week. Let's celebrate with alcohol. Hey, I had a terrible week. Let's have a drink. Hey, so-and-so just had a birthday. Let's celebrate. Okay, cool. Hey, so-and-so just passed away. Let's have a drink. Why is it perfectly the solution to every single situation? I mean, it has pervaded every single part of our normal society and is just accustomed to it. And you're right. It's the only thing that we have to conceptually feel shameful about actually stopping from a drug perspective. It's crazy. It's like the person who stops has got the problem, but the person who keeps drinking the attractively packaged poison doesn't. It's ridiculous. And let me tell you this, alcohol's reputation is crumbling. I mean, never have people been more aware of the dire ramifications of drinking this attractively packaged poison. And you'll hear me say that many times. Conceptually, I get it, but tell us a little bit more about what you mean by attractively packaged poison. Well, alcohol is nothing but poison. That's all it is. There's no nutritional benefit to it at all. It's just toxins. That's all it is. There is zero health benefits to drinking any amount of alcohol. Now, those fierce defenders of alcohol will tell you, oh, there were those uh, studies in the 80s that said that a glass of wine a day is good for your heart health. Yes. (laughs) Those studies have been debunked so many times it's ridiculous. They were and, probably sponsored by the wine companies themselves too. <laughs> well, it came out that they were. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. The people who were yeah. funding these studies, it came out were actually the people who were producing the alcohol that wanted you yeah. to buy it. But we live in the year 2023. So many more studies have come out now just proving undeniably, definitively, that alcohol is nothing but a poison, nothing but toxins, put in a very, very attractive bottle, marketed in a very, very sexy and attractive way, and designed to create the illusion that it is a necessity for romance or for relaxation 
or for bonding or for networking or for fun. The reality is that it increases the likelihood of cancer, of diabetes, it generates unwanted weight gain, it compromises our sleep, it ages us, it causes irritability, fogginess, distraction, procrastination. There is not any amount of alcohol that is good for you. The American Cancer Association came out and advised zero alcohol is best to reduce your chances of cancer. It's just rubbish. There's nothing good about it at all. Yet we live in this society where it is glorified, where we bow yep. down to it, worship at the altar of alcohol. <laughs> and damn it, it's going to stop. And I suspect that in two decades from now, we are going to look back on alcohol with the same level of a disdain that we currently do cigarettes. That's how quickly mm. the cultural attitudes towards drinking are changing. And that's how quickly new evidence is coming out to support what I'm saying, which is that alcohol is completely unhealthy for you. Wow. Okay. Two decades from now, that would be an amazing 180 on what we do today with alcohol to look at it like cigarettes. Because I remember those days, you know, growing up when that was cigarettes were normal. Thankfully, I never dabbled in that at all, but it was just part of everyday life. And now it is the weirdest thing to still go to certain locations and states. I was in Vegas recently. It's still legal to smoke inside of casinos for whatever reason. And it's weird. You walk in there and it's just like, this doesn't make any sense. How did I get transported like 30 years back in time just by walking into a casino? And maybe it'll be the same thing in a couple decades. We're thinking like, wow, the only thing served in this place is alcohol. Really? Okay. This doesn't make any sense anymore. It's strange. James, I wanted to ask you about family history and hereditary and genes and I, myself, there's some history of alcoholism in my family. I knew that. I knew what had transpired in previous generations. And I always knew I was predisposed to being more just, I wouldn't say alcoholic, but more <laughs> akin to going down that path. How big a role does family history and genes and just who you are and where you come from actually play in the decisions that you make to either keep doing it or not doing it? Is it a scapegoat or is it something legit that is within us and something very difficult to change? It's not nearly as important as people make out. And while it's not your fault if family members of yours were drinking excessively and you saw that and you grew up in that environment, and maybe you copied mum and dad's behavior or a family member's behavior, it's not your fault that that happened, but it is now your responsibility to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And I think too many people in today's society are hiding behind the fact that mummy was an alcoholic and granddad was an alcoholic and granddad's granddad was an alcoholic. First of all, this word alcoholic gets branded about far too easily, in my opinion. In my view, and just disclaimer, I am not a doctor, so just take what I say with a grain of salt, okay? However, I think millions of people are misdiagnosing themselves as an alcoholic when in reality, all they need is a few simple mind rewiring techniques to reposition alcohol in their life as something insignificant, and they can eliminate this ridiculous term alcoholic 
once and for all. Now, I concede that there are many people in the world who have a genetic predisposition, let's say, to certain drugs, to certain toxins, to certain digestibles. However, most people, I think, most people are brandishing around this word alcoholic to excuse their drinking habits. And let me tell you something, AA is not serving them. AA statistically has a 7% success rate and a 93% failure rate when you judge success by becoming at least a year alcohol-free and having long-term power over your drinking habits. Multiple studies have come out and shown this. Wow, that seems awfully low. If you Google AA actual success rate, you'll find a lot of studies from 2014 and beyond that show that their average success rate is about 7%. Now, AA has helped millions of people, no question, and it should be celebrated for that fact. However, it hasn't helped 10 times as many people Mm -hmm. who've attempted it. And the defenders of AA will say, well, it works if you work the program. It works if you work it. And those people who aren't getting success aren't sticking with it. And I'm like, but isn't that the failure of AA not to get people to stick with it? That's the whole point, right? Like AA, AA can't convince those people to stick with it, then what good is AA? So I know we're going off on a few little tangents here, but to answer your original question around genetic predisposition, it is certainly true that some people genetically have some kind of addictive personality or a gene that makes them want, need, desire to consume certain (laughs) substances, but not nearly as many as what people would have you believe. Mm -hmm. I'm confident that if people just follow a very simple process to rewire their mindset around alcohol, then they will stop this genetic chain in its tracks. I can tell you this, our process, which is a 90-day process, has a 92% success rate of getting our clients to long-term power over their drinking habits. And the difference is we use neuroscience techniques. We make it fun. We make it aspirational. We have a good time. We've borrowed a lot of modalities from people like Tony Robbins and Joe Dispenza and leadership personalities and mindset studies that have come out from reputable universities. We're not surrendering to a higher power. We're definitely not saying that we are powerless over our addiction. We're actually saying you are powerful and you can create whatever you want in life. So I think with a few simple techniques, you can really get long-term power over your drinking habits. We'll get back to the interview in just a minute. This episode is brought to you by the B2B Leaders Academy. The cost of not consistently developing your leadership skills is enormous. The B2B Leaders Academy features monthly leadership training and live coaching. Being a great leader isn't hard. You just need a guide and the right set of tools. Head on over to b2bleadersacademy.com to join and become the leader you've always wanted to be. Now let's get back to the interview.
And 92% success rate and getting people to long-term, a year or more, alcohol-free is phenomenal, given what you were just saying about the flip side of what happens in AA. So someone who is listening to this, thinking, all right, what James and Nils are talking about, that sounds pretty cool. But, you know, I'm not 100% sure I'm ready to make that decision. And I myself, it took me a long time to get to that decision of saying, you know what, this now has to fundamentally change from what it means to me. That was the pivot point, which I think is very similar to what you're talking about. But for those who are still considering, still enjoying the lifestyle that they're leading and maybe don't perceive it as necessarily a bad thing, what is the lens that you would recommend they look at as the possibility of what could be different if they excluded alcohol for a period of 90 days from their life? What types of changes do you see in your clients when they cut it out and follow your process? Well, first of all, let me say this. I'm not here to persuade anyone to stop drinking. I'm only here to encourage those who've already decided that they're ready to stop drinking. I'm so tired of many years of trying to persuade people to stop that I've just, I'm not even in that game anymore. I'm here for those who are ready, who know that alcohol is a problem. And if that is you, I'm here to support you. To answer the second part of your question, what I would say is this, and this is anecdotally and experientially and also based on countless studies that have come out. When people stop drinking alcohol for at least 90 days, what tends to happen is that they generate more clarity, focus, energy. Their sleep improves. The quality of their relationships improve. They tend to make more money, whether they're a business owner or whether they're a working professional and they're an employee. They experience more joy and calm in their life. They have less stress, less anxiety. They tend to attract a higher caliber of friend or acquaintance or partner into their life. Those who wish to engage in a romantic relationship tend to attract a much higher quality mate. Those who are in a strained marriage tend to either improve their marriage or they candidly just draw a line in the sand and say no more and they get a divorce. People tend to cross off items from their bucket list. We had one gentleman who's a 64-year-old gentleman named Christian who had on his bucket list sailing across the ocean for many, many years. He came through our 90-day stop drinking process and he committed to sailing across the ocean and just recently he did that. He sailed from the west coast of Africa to the Caribbean over 17 days. I have a podcast called the Alcohol-Free Lifestyle Podcast. You're welcome to go and listen to that episode over there. You just look for the episode called Christian. That's his name, Christian. And people just always start experiencing more joy in their life. Just a warning as well. You do get better looking when you stop drinking alcohol because <laughs> the toxins leave your skin. Your skin returns to its natural state. I always say this to our women clients. I say, you don't need to be buying fancy, expensive moisturizers like celebrity endorsed makeups and all this kind of stuff. All you got to do is stop drinking alcohol and your skin just <laughs> all of a sudden just looks amazing. There's some of the benefits. And just on a financial point of view, I had one gentleman, his name's Guy, G-A-E, Gaetano from Boston, and he joined our 90-day stop drinking process. He made a quarter of a million dollars more income during those 90 days from two additional real estate deals that he did that he credits to the fact that he was alcohol-free. He said wow. he wouldn't have done those two real estate deals if he was still drinking. But because he 
wasn't drinking and he had the clarity and the focus and the energy, I think he made like 20 more phone calls over the 90 days. And two of those led to deals, which equated to $250,000. So stopping drinking made him a quarter of a million dollars over 90 days. People don't understand that. They think, oh, I'm not really spending that much on alcohol. And maybe you're not. Maybe you might be spending between five dollars and $10,000 on alcohol, actually purchasing the alcohol, which is still a lot. But the real financial impact is what you do not generate for yourself as a result of your drinking or what you do generate for yourself financially because you're not drinking. Because when you've got mm. clarity and energy and focus, you do an extra deal. You make an extra call. You're yeah. more present. You listen more. Maybe you get up a little earlier. Maybe it's not even working more or longer. Maybe it's just working better, more strategically. Yeah. You can have a huge financial uptake. So again, I'm not here to persuade people to stop, but I can share the experiences of those who have and their results without question always are better love, better happiness, more wealth, more clarity, more enjoyment, and just an overall higher quality of life. Yeah, that's powerful. And I love that you called out that you're not here to convince anybody to stop drinking because you can't. You said you tried for many years in the early days of your business, probably tried quite a bit, but then you switched to, hey, when you make the decision, I'm here to support you. That's wonderful. And I feel the same way on the leadership side. I can't convince anybody to want to be an elite leader. But if you make the decision that I'm going to go to town, I'm going to invest in myself and I'm going to figure out how to be the best elite leader there is, I'm here to support you. Much the same way. I think that's why we get along so well. James, those points of the positive ring true for me. You know, over the last year and year and a half now, almost changing my relationship with alcohol, what it means to me, the workouts that I have and the muscle that I've been able to gain now are fundamentally different than what I was doing before. And it was really interesting. It kind of struck me recently that even though I had usually been a consistent person who worked out most of the time, four or five days a week, the gains were never there. Literally, the gains would not come. And I have a strong suspicion, I can't say, and I'm not a scientist or a doctor or anything, that alcohol played a significant role in my body's ability to effectively build muscle and approach workouts with the right level of intensity to be able to do that. But since being alcohol-free, the level of intensity of my workouts has gone up the level of growth of muscle and development has gone up significantly. I'm in better shape now at almost 45 than I've ever been in my entire life. And it's fun. It's absolutely a blast to be able to be in that position and have that level of clarity where every day at 5 a.m., that's the wake-up call and I don't really struggle much to get out of bed anymore like I used to or look forward to taking a little nap in the afternoon because I had three drinks the night before. Back to that opportunity cost that was missing there. I've certainly been there. So I hear you loud and clear and just wanted to share my perspective on the gains that come and the investment piece. It's not just about the money you spend. It's about the money you don't make or the time you don't have, that time being our most single most valuable asset. Well done on getting those gains, Niels. You look great, by the way. Well done. I don't know what you looked like beforehand, but you certainly look like a male model right now. Well played, sir. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I was able to go on a week-long surf trip and didn't entertain alcohol. I mean, I was in the middle of the Indian Ocean in the Maldives on a surf trip for a week and did nothing but surf three times a day 
that was it. And burning thousands and thousands of calories. And I had the stamina to go through the whole thing without a hint. Like I wasn't even tired. And we were getting up at 4.30 in the morning to get in the water by sunrise. And it was unreal. I was blown away because in previous years, had I been on a trip like that, I would have been like, oh, look at this amazing place. Let's celebrate with a beer. Look at that sunset. It's really cool. Let's have a beer. And I just completely cut it out. And all I did was drink water the whole week. And I had a blast. It was an absolutely amazing experience. And I remember every single part of the trip, too. That was a key that I would not have done before. I love how we say, oh, I'm going to celebrate with a drink. As yes. if being attractively packaged poison is the celebration. I mean, what right. I took out of your story, Niels, is that everything that you were doing there is the celebration. That's how you celebrate. You're celebrating yeah. life by surfing three times a day, by enjoying a beautiful sunset, by sleeping really well, by waking up feeling rested, by getting out in the sun and doing things, by being in the Maldives, while running your own business, while growing muscle and having the body that you desire. That's the celebration. Yeah. Having a drink, having an alcoholic drink, to reward yourself for all of that, to celebrate all of that, give me a break. <laughs> the celebration reward is living an outstanding life filled with clarity, yeah. energy, and all the things that light you up. But when you drink attractively packaged poison, you are compromising your quality and experience of life. The yeah. celebration is the alcohol-free lifestyle. That's the reward. That's the celebration. That's what we had to change. I mean, that's what, and again, if you're ready to make the decision, that's the change. And the celebration is the alcohol-free lifestyle. I love the way you put that. That's just perfect. All right, James. So where can people go to find out more about your program if they're in the position where they made the decision, they want to change, or they really enjoyed our conversation and want to learn more about you and your program? Yeah, so alcohol-free lifestyle Dot com is where you can find more about me and the program. We have a podcast in Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, which is called Alcohol Free Lifestyle. I'm over on Instagram and TikTok at, at James Swanick, which is spelled S-W-A-N-W-I-C-K. And also we have a guide. We'll give you an alcohol freedom formula guide if you like, and you can go to alcoholfreelifestyle.com slash Niels, N-I-L-S, and you can grab a copy of that book. It's a digital book. And it's really like the formula that I've outlined to help you to reduce or stop drinking entirely. It's exactly the same formula that we take our clients through. So if you'd like a free version of that, you can just go to alcoholfreelifestyle.com slash Niels. Perfect. James, awesome. Well, it's been wonderful to spend time with you today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, sharing your backstory, this incredible business that you've built, helping people who have made the decision to live an alcohol-free lifestyle, do it with passion and joy to get clarity, focus, and energy. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much and all the incredible work you're doing. I just love it. You're welcome. And thanks very much for having me, Niels. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the B2B Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd welcome you to subscribe and give the show a five-star review. You can see the show notes and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at b2bleadershippodcast.com. As always, I'm Nils Vinya, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Take care and have a great rest of your day. This podcast is brought to you by the B2B Leaders Academy. 
the cost of not consistently developing your leadership skills is enormous. And the B2B Leaders Academy features monthly leadership training and live coaching. Being a great leader isn't hard. You just need a guide and the right set of tools. So head on over to b2bleadersacademy.com to join and become the leader you have always wanted to be.